Should we cheers? Yes. Cheers to episode eight, Drunk Law School. Yes. The show where we drink alcohol yes, and talk to you about stuff that you would learn in law school. Yes. If you were in law school. Sorry, I just crunched some ice. <laughs> Thank you, Megan, for doing that. That's Megan. I'm Daniel. What's Hi. up? Hi, everybody. Um, so this is the end of season one. Right. It's 2020. We got to wrap up season we one do. real quick. We had to take a little hiatus. Yeah. But now we're back. We're in Megan's house. Yep. And we're finishing season one before she starts semester two, a.k.a. season two of Drunk Law School. Season two. Which will two. be shortly following there's going to be a lot more fun stuff coming up in season two in oh terms God. of class content. Criminal law. Absolutely. Con law also. Yeah, that's not fun. No, con law is amazing. No, it is. It is actually fun. Are you kidding me? Um, property. Probably will have some gold ones in there. And then, I don't know, international. That's my elective is international. So we'll see. Right. I'll find it interesting. I don't know if it'll be podcast worthy. Yes. Okay. So wait, before we before we move on, oh, yes. what are we drinking tonight? Daniel, we are making... We made, oh, and I will post pictures. <laughs> I, I will post pictures of this on the Drunk Law School Instagram. We are at Drunk Law School. We made clementine margaritas. Oh, they're so good. They're yummy, dude. So, Daniel, what did you make these with? What tools could you possibly have scrounged up to make this with? So, Megan gave, gave me a gift, which was very nice of her. She got me a bar set. It's really nice. I helped her pick it out. It's yes. got all the, the, the essentials. I will post that on our Instagram as well. It's, yeah. So if you want to get drunk, but in like a classy as fuck way. Like in a way where you use Contro. Yeah. I, who even knows what Contro is? Is it Contro or Contro? You uh, let us know. Yeah. Somebody who knows French. So yeah. So we're drinking these really, really great yeah. marks. Yeah. So Clementine margaritas. Salt rim. We will post the recipe on our Instagram page with a picture of the drink. It's going to be awesome. Megan, my question to you, yeah. as always. Yes. What case are we doing today? Okay. So um, I promised you guys a couple episodes ago, I mentioned, I left you a teaser um, about something called the hand formula when you're looking at negligence in tort. So in oh. torts, I told you before that there are four elements to negligence, duty, breach of duty, causation, also known as proximate cause now. Mm. And damages. Yes. And I obviously remember all of this. Because <laughs> we were drunk when we did it. And I think we talked about cause before, but we actually haven't talked about the first one, which is duty. And, um, you know, scholars and judges and courts and, and, and the legal profession in general really agonize over how do you decide when someone has a duty or not and when they breach that duty because you mm -hmm. might say like you should have done this you're like i that wasn't my responsibility i should right. have done that but now the dishes were not my responsibility and, i did not need to do and that and i can't help it that i dropped it on your foot and right. broke on accident mm -hmm. um so the hand formula helps us figure out when you have a duty why is it called the hand formula that's my question so there <laughs> There's this really famous judge whose name is, I shit you not, Learned Hand. Like the word learned, except for it's pronounced learned. Learned. Learned Hand. And um, at the beginning of this last of this last semester, in my first semester in law school. Yes. I could not, like, I, I refuse to believe that Learned Hand was a real name. It's a real name. Yeah, his it's middle, a real guy. His this is a person. Name, his middle name is Learned. What's his first name? Um... 
Billings. Yeah, Billings Learned Fucking Hand. That's his full name. <laughs> so I refuse to believe that uh, any sane person at any time in the world would have named their child Billings Learned Hand. And so I went around telling people, because I thought this was true, that they, if you were just a good enough judge, <laughs> they just named you in this the casebook Learned Hand. This is a thing that Megan does where she like really thinks that there's no way something could be the case. And it's definitely the case. This like learning, learn it is definitely this guy's name. This is name. not going to be helpful for my law career. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. Uh, but there, I, like, but there like, are other examples so of all this of from his your cases, life. All of his cases are from like the first half of the 20th century. So in my yes. mind, I was like, maybe they didn't keep really good records. I don't know. And so I was like, maybe back then they just had a big deference for like the law, like capital T-H-E, capital L-A-W, the law in general, so that they didn't want to put a particular person's name to a decision. Right. So they were just like, the learned hand, judge, you know. And so that's what I thought. But So so Megan, Megan has this, this tendency to assume things based on I don't know what. Rational thinking? That she has no place to assume. <laughs> For example... Yeah. We were in, we were very fortunate, we were traveling through Europe this summer, what and we were story? in Venice, what? in Italy, oh, what is it? and we were at a cafe, and it's like, oh, a, God. It's, like <laughs> it's like an Italian cafe, you know, where you order pasta, and it's like mostly for tourists, but it's fine. It's Venice, yeah. We go to this cafe, and we, we're at, we look at the menu, and Megan decides <laughs> <laughs> that she's going to order... The four cheese gnocchi. I love gnocchi. So Which good. is fine. Gnocchi is great. It's a delicious potatoey dumpling pasta. God. Very good. You can make it with cauliflower if you want to save on your carbs. It's it's great. Trader Joe's makes an excellent frozen okay, variety. Get back to the venison. So uh, we order it and nothing, you know, it goes off without a hitch. And then about 15 minutes later, the waiter in his tuxedo because this is apparently a thing in Italy. And this was a nice waiter who thought that we were Italian because we... Did he think we were Italian? No, he straight up, like, in our first, like, couple words, like, I I know Spanish and right. oh, yeah. Italian. So in the first couple words of, like, how many? And I said it in, in Italian and then C is the same. And so he was like, Italianos? And I was like, no, Americanos. And he was like, oh, my God. And I was right. like, I know. Megan's trying to redeem herself in this moment, but it's not possible. <laughs> no, but it made it worse because so, the waiter yes. held me in such high esteem it's at, true. at the point of Farther ordering. Fall. So then he brings out the food in his tuxedo and he plops in front of Megan this plate of four cheese gnocchi, which looks like you would sort of expect it to look like, which is gnocchi in like an Alfredo y cheesy sauce. Made of four cheeses. And I Megan is like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I did not order this. And I'm th I'm sitting there thinking to myself, what do you mean you didn't order this? This is what four cheese gnocchi is. This is what it is. <laughs> and she proceeded to send it back I because send it back. in her mind, <laughs> she had come up with this crazy <laughs> situation where four cheese gnocchi. What did you think that it meant? Okay, so in American superstores, like, like supermarkets, you can get, I don't remember, maybe it's Newman's brand or something, but you can get like a jar of red sauce that says four cheese marinara. And it's marinara right. sauce that has like four only an American <laughs> would think that four cheese means marinara. marinara sauce. Only uh, an American and he would was like, think that. I was like, no, I so I'm lactose intolerant. That's why I had to send it back. 
And I was like, I have enough lactate to have marinara with some cheese in it, but not enough lactate. <laughs> it's a whole plate of like, fondue, basically. And he was like, looked at me like I was crazy. He's like, I was like, can I just have like the butter and well, basil he, one? He, and he was like, it's to not. be fair to the waiter, this poor fellow, he looked at you like you were crazy because you said, and I quote, this is not what I ordered. Yes, I know, I know, I know. And he was, <laughs> oh God, he was like, this is. This is better than the butter version. I was like, I, I just can't. And it was just, Daniel was laughing at me the whole time. I was, you had every right to. I was really, I was enjoying myself. I wish I could have sat back with like a bowl of popcorn because it was really. You nice. had your plate of pasta. It was yeah, good enough for was, you. It was really quite And let me tell you, he was right. The butter and basil. Point is. You know, was not as good. Point is, we've seen this before from Megan. We <laughs> So Learned Hand is a real guy. In fact, I'm going to, I'm, Dan, I'm looking at his. This is Daniel's educational portion right I'm here. I'm looking at his Wikipedia page right now. So Billings Learned Hand, aka Learned Hand, served on the United States District Court for the Southern District of New York. If you do not know about like how the appeals court system works, it's like a very big deal to serve for the Southern District of New York because that's where Manhattan is, New York City. Mm-hmm. Big deal. And it's underneath the Second Circuit, which makes a lot of decisions. Very important. It's very prestigious, I would say. Yeah. So um, he was born and raised in Albany, uh, majored in philosophy at Harvard College, graduated with honors from Harvard Law School. But he is one of the most influential non-Supreme Court justices in the history of America. He never made it to the Supreme Court, and yet his opinions are cited all, all the fucking time. Yeah, like this, this, this. Probably case. because his mother was smart enough to le- to name him Learned Hand. I feel like if he were not named Learned Hand, he would not be cited so often. Learned Hand's brother. Learned Hand's brother. Also a judge. Mm-hmm. His name, Augustus Noble Hand. Yes, Noble Hand. <laughs> Learned Hand and Noble Hand. <laughs> on the these one hand, parents, on the other hand. <laughs> these parents were just so baller at naming their so kids. So my crim law professor, before I had class with him, I went in and had office hours, and he was telling me um, about how <laughs> they both went to Harvard Law School, mm-hmm. and there was this big hall in Harvard. They had this huge painting of Learned Hand on one side of the, the room, and then this huge painting of, August, of Augustus Noble Hand on the other side of the room, and he made this joke. He was like, you know, you could go throughout the party being talking about whatever issue you're talking about and be like, well, on one hand, and then gesture to one side of the room. But then, you know, on the other hand. <laughs> anyway, this is just a guy, like, if you look at a picture of him, you're like, holy shit, this is a smart man. Like, and look at this guy. Also, his, well, look at a picture that he's older. His eyebrows. Oh, the guy had the bushiest eyebrows you've ever seen. Yeah, if you look up, like, learned hand, like, 1930s, 1940s. This one. You're looking at this. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of looks he, like my tourist professor. He also had these, like, you know how in all the the caricatures of like old time people they have like a monocle attached to a chain the guy had a spec- spectacles two monocles connected to each other so yeah so that's who decided um this case i'm going to read to you yes so that is also who this formula is named after so to ah. circle back circle back so we're talking about the hand formula why don't they call it the learned formula because you are learned in the ways of the tort um because what thing is named after the first name of the person that invented it? Yeah, that's a fair point. Also, it's just shorter. And people will just start calling it the learned formula instead of the learned. And I think that that's just a bastardization of this man's right. important name. That's understandable. Okay. Okay. So back to duty. Mm-hmm. So in negligence, in tort, you have to meet four different elements. Duty, 
you have a duty to do something. You right. breach that duty. Right. Um, and you were the proximate cause of the consequent injury, the damages that were mm-hmm. caused. Mm-hmm. By you breaching is that duty. is that what the hand formula is? No, that's oh. just the elements of negligence. Okay, wait, say it again. Okay, so because I'm I have order, had too much to drink. In order to sue somebody successfully right. for negligence, which right. is different from an intentional tort, so there's intentional. So tort. negligence would be like you weren't you were not careful enough. Right, right, basically, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you have your duty. Uh huh. And then you breach your so duty. So I had a I had a job to do, and I didn't do it. You had a job to make sure that um, the plate that you were spinning on a stick in your hand. I I cannot <laughs> spin a plate on a stick. <laughs> would not. I reject this characterization. No, no, no. Just, just so the plate you're spinning on your hand right. would not fall on the small child below you. You had a duty. I had to a do duty that. to not crush the child with a plate. Or like crack his skull open or something. Sure, right. And then you breached the duty because you looked over your shoulder started talking to this cute girl next to you uh, and the plate toppled over. And I don't know any cute girls, to be honest. What? <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. It's a podcast you guys can't tell. Um, and so the plate crashes on the little kid. You breached your duty. Mm. You were the proximate cause of that that breach. You were the one that had the spinning plate and that wasn't paying right. attention. It was very obviously my fault. Right. So that's a very clear-cut case of proximate cause. Right. But we talked about proximate cause prior. Mm-hmm. And there was a resulting injury. There were damages. The kid is hurt. Yes. So then you have a case that, for negligence. Okay. Great. That's negligence. So we've already talked about proximate cause. Damages are pretty clear-cut. Um so duty and breach of duty, that really got like a lot of courts being just kind of like making these decisions like this is duty, this is duty. So then eventually in the Second Circuit, which you mm-hmm. were right to say is super Very important. prestigious, yes. um, there was this case called United States versus Carol Towing. Okay. And in that case, it was decided by the Second Circuit in 1947. Okay. And um, this is when Learned Hand was on the circuit. Okay. And he presided and he wrote the majority opinion in Great. this case. Great. We so love that. Whenever you go before um, a circuit of appeals, that's mm-hmm. what it is. You have your case in the district court or sometimes you have it in the state court and you go all the way up. But if you start in the district court and then you appeal, you go straight to the um, circuit, circuit court. So district, circuit, supreme. That's right. how we go. Yeah. Sometimes there's like intermediaries, but that's getting too much into the weeds. So in the circuit courts, mm-hmm. you have a panel generally of three judges. Ah. Sometimes they will sit on what's known as on banc, which is French for like, on banc. Banc, which is French for like, they're all fucking sitting there together. I'm sure there's another way to say that in French, but that's what I just came yes. up with. I do not speak French, but, that but that's is, the legal term of art, right? Uh, is on banc. Yeah, E-N-B-A-N-C, on banc. Yes. Um, but that's only in like very rare circumstances. Mm. So this case, I don't believe was decided on banc. So, okay. Are you ready? Second circuit. Right. This is the hand formula. This is what is going to tell us. When is there a duty? When do I know that I have a responsibility that I can breach right. that will allow me to be sued so, by somebody else? So here's the question before we get into the actual formula. Like who decided other than Hand himself that going forward, this is going to be the formula that we use? Like was his opinion so brilliant that everyone was just like, oh. We've done it. Yeah, we have of. found the formula. Okay, so I think we talked about this before, right? So in the United States, we are not a civil law society. Right, so that's, that's true. in other countries. So there's precedent. So let me explain. So yes. in other countries, they, especially like European, um, Latin American, other countries, just in general, um, will use what is known as the civil law system. Right. So Those are is, countries that basically didn't descend from the British colonial system. Right. So in British colonial systems, so you have Canada, us, New Zealand, Australia, right. 50 million 
other places, India, um, we're the common law. But in civil law countries, it's, you know, basically all the law that there is is all written down as statutes or regulations. Very precise. It's very precise. In order to get somebody on anything, you have to use things that were written by the legislature. In the United States and in other British-descended culturally and otherwise places like legal systems um, use the common law and the common law system is where we use a mixture of statutes, regulations and rules and judge made law. So Supreme court decisions. So that's why, or really any court decisions, that's why decisions by the Supreme court in the United States are such a big fucking deal. And in Canada, because everything builds on everything else, because everything builds. And that what the Supreme court says is equal to the strength of what the con- what Congress right. lays out as I would law. like I would like to take this moment just as an aside to say that we do not support British colonialism. <laughs> no, we're not. This is just the, this is just the British colonial world, and we are living in it, we and we're not necessarily happy about it. But that's why I'm in law school. Right. Anyway, th- so British colonial legacy just Boo. check that at the door. Just stay in the British that's Isles. What's wrong with British Isles? They're fine. So many problems. Okay, so. Hashtag Brexit. We have to stop it. <laughs> um, so going back. So yes. we're in the common law system. Right. So that's why, you know, I don't, I didn't read treatises. So treatises are like kind of like if someone were to write like a media article about a decision that somebody made, mm-hmm. that would be like the equivalent of like a legal treatise is like somebody writing a lot about like the court decisions on this one particular issue and what they say about it. Um, I haven't read like the treatises on this or like the history about this. Right. I'm just going to assume that because we live in a common law system, because this was a really good fucking form. It's literally mathematical. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so basically what we're saying is like, the guy wrote a good opinion, and through precedent, it sort of became Part of me feels thing. like he was just waiting for this moment to happen. Like, right. he's had to deal with so many negligence cases, like, on the district court and then on the circuit court. And he's just like, somebody give me a good, a nice, juicy one I right. can sink my little mathematical fingers into. So okay. he did go to All right, let's do it. Let's hit the all. formula. Okay, so first, I have to tell you the facts of the case. Tell me the facts. Okay, so there is this company. Mm-hmm. And they, um, so it's called Connor's Company, literally called Connor's Company. Um, and they owned okay. a barge. The barge name was Annecy because all ships have to be feminine. And the barge was okay. carrying. Is that true? I think almost every every ship, unless it's named after a place, is feminine. Because they always say, like, her hull or she's leaning, you know. Interesting. Interesting. So the barge is called the Annecy. Okay. Like C, as in the letter C. Anna. Space C. Okay. The barge was carrying a load of flour, which was owned by the United States of America. The United States of America. (laughs) It's beautiful. So how much do you know about barges? Uh, I I don't know. I know that uh, Coach Steve lives on one from Big Big Mouth. Okay, so barge- Will you be my friend? Literally, you (laughs) just be a voice actor. So barges don't really have a propulsion system of their own. Oh. Barges are really, really big metal tanks. They're kind of just floaties. That are they're essentially like the freighters of yeah. like canals and okay. rivers. Right. And they carry shit up and down these waterways. And they, how do they do that without a propulsion system? Well they get tugged. 
Tugboats. Yes. I love tugboats. I love remember when we were in Venice and we saw tugboats. It yeah, was, I, I do remember I that. Ran, I ran to the Wow, we're really edge. coming full circle with the Venice thing. It really okay, is. Great. Yeah. So um, so then the the barge company that yes. owned the Annecy. Right, which is carrying the flower owned which, by the U.S. government. Right. Hired Carol Towing, hence the United States versus Carol Towing. So now you oh. automatically know that the flower and the tugboats are going to come head to head. Oh, boy. Um. So hired Carol Towing. That's a bad combination. You never want to put flower and tugboats. <laughs> Tugboats together. They should have known that from the start. They really should have. Um, so Carol Towing is going to tow the barge with its tugboat. Okay. I freaking love tugboats. Okay, there. great. So, so that's excellent. That's excellent. Carol, you know, took the tugboat to where it needed to go. And then in 1944, hmm? the barge was docked at this pier on the North River, which is somewhere in the second circuit. I don't know. Piers to me feel like bad places. Except for Pier 1. Freaking love that place. Right. But bad things happen at the pier. They do, because they often end up in cases. And I have a couple, but this is the one we're talking about. Okay. So the thing is, Daniel, this is very important. Are you okay, listening? Okay, I'm, I'm staring Everybody, you dead in the face and paying attention dead in the face. right now. Turn your listening ears on. So the Connors Company had... Which is the barge company. Yes. Okay. The barge company. Yes. It was their responsibility to have a an employee on board the barge... Making sure everything was going right. You know, if well, you, you know, can't leave your barges unattended. I mean, that's just absurd. That's, even though they had a tugboat and they have someone manning the tugboat, that's not their company. They're just leasing the tug, you know, that that particular, like, task, they contracted with somebody else to do. Right. So they, Basically, be in charge of your own shit, guys. That's right. Get it together. And so do you know what that person is called? The, um, the Connors barge guy. The barge master. The... <laughs> No, but I like that better. He's called the Bargee. Ew. Yes. That's that's yucky. So he's the Bargee. And so he's supposed to be watching when to make sure that the barge had gone ashore and that when the barge is ashore, so when it's docked at the pier, right. that everything is fine. Okay, good. Okay. So for some reason, the tugboat company, Carol, tried to do this like tricky maneuver with the Annecy um, to get it to another dock on the pier, mm -hmm. but the maneuver failed. Oh. And it set loose because <laughs> because the Annecy smashed into other boats. Oh, a chain reaction. <laughs> and all these other boats went down the river. <laughs> and then the oh, Annecy no. with all the flour sunk. <laughs> Excellent. So here in lies the basis for the So lie. basically what we're saying is some barge is messed up. One, one tugboat messed up. And the barge. Oh, the tugboat messed up. Because the tugboat's the one that's moving the barge around. Oh. And the barge okay. whacks into some other. And then lost all its flour. And the, and the U.S. government is like, we need our gluten. That's right. So in case names, to make it short, you don't. You like if you're just saying a case name, you're just mm -hmm. gonna say United States versus Carol Towing. Okay. You're not gonna say all the plaintiffs, so all the groups that are suing against all including the including the defendants. Connors company, right? So yeah, they're you're probably not, upset too. You're not gonna say like Connors and United States versus Carol and Grace Company because Grace Company was um, like another tug company, which oh, that's that's too much for yeah, my drunk no, brain no, no. to process. Yeah, no, so, no, no. So we just say United States versus okay. Connors. So essentially, there's four parties. So basically, the tugboat company 
made a mistake and the US government is like, give me the money and the gluten. And the gluten. Because um, Italy. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so the boats flowed down the river, the Andes sank. So the, the barge company sued... Uh-huh. Um, Carol, the tugboat company, right. for damages from the loss of the boat. Right. And the United States sued the tugboat company for loss of the flour. Right. And so, um, you know, at trial, the defendants, basically the tugboat company was trying to say like, well, the 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 barge company, Connor, was contributorily negligent because its employee was gone from the barge at the time of the accident. Hmm. So in contributing. The bargee. The bargee. Right. So, you know, they lost the barge. They're suing for, you know, basically trying to get back the damages. They oh, lost I see. The barge. And the defendant, which is. So this is basically about a counter argument. This is a counter argument. Right. And the counter argument is that if you are contributorily negligent. Which is like if you had any part right. in making this accident happen, if you contributed. That's right. To the negligence, then we are scot free. We're good. And in some states, that's still the case. Now, I'm down with that, honestly. Now we use some states use comparative negligence, and it's this whole thing, and right. all, so. But we won't get into. But it. but this was like I mean this was like the early 20th century. They didn't have comparative anything back. They then. really didn't. No. Um. So. That's their defense. Is like, well, you didn't have your bargee on the barge to make sure everything was going fine. He was gone for 24 hours. That's a long time. That's that's longer than shore leave, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not. Um, so the, at the trial court level, so, okay. you know, at, so at the district court level for yes. wherever the North River is, I did not look. Um, the judge found um, that... Carol, mm-hmm. the tugging company, yes. was responsible for half the damage. This is in the district court. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Was responsible for half the damage to the barge, but okay. for the entire loss of the flower for the United States. All right. Okay, so then both parties appealed because both parties were like, that's not good enough, or I didn't do any of this. So right. then the question before the court is, you know, <laughs> did the bargee... Did he have to be there? Right. Or can we just recover and it doesn't right. matter if he was there or not? Right. Basically, like, is it is it the bargee's fault that this sank? Not necessarily is it his fault. Like, yeah, with of. him there, yeah. would it not have sank? That's the question that we're asking. Not necessarily would it not have sank, but could it not have sank? Okay. Have sunk. Right. It sunk. Would, could. Eh. Have sunk. Alcohol, who knows? Sure. So, learned hand. We're back to him. He is sitting on the second circuit. He steps in. He's like, listen, guys, I've been waiting for fucking years for this to happen. Yes. Here we go. Yes. Connors, the barge company. Okay. The barge company. Is contributorily negligent Ooh. for its failure to take safety precautions by having an employee on board. Because the employee was not on board when this maneuver was attempted okay. by Carol So Cohen. he's buying. He's buying the argument about the And he's like, yeah. And you know what? Furthermore, I'm oh. going to make a rule about what the fuck a bird is. Uh-oh. Okay. Oh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Uh, maybe. Okay. So remember, in order to find um, liability for negligence, yes. you have to have a duty, duty, breach, breach of the of duty. duty, causation, right, proximate cause, right, um, causation, proximate cause, and actual thing. damages, and actual damages. Right. So we're on the duty part. Okay. And he's like, let's talk about this thing, duty. So in order to get liability for negligence, you have to figure out. What is your what is your burden as a person? Like, do you your duty and burden are the same thing? Like, mm-hmm. I have a duty to do something. It means I have to do something. It's a burden on me. Doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean you don't have to like it, but it's something you have to do. Right. So he's like, okay, listen. Here's the formula we're going to use to determine if your burden is heavy enough to make you negligent, or sorry, to make you liable for negligence. Okay. So the formula is 
burden on one side. Okay. And then you have a less than sign. Mm -hmm. So the pointy part is facing towards the burden. Okay. So the burden is less less than the probability of injury times the gravity of the injury. Okay, we're gonna put this in the show notes because <laughs> I can't visualize how math works. So, right but it's it's kind of easy to just think through. So, on one side, you have your burden. So, right. for you with the spinning plates, you have a pretty high burden. Your burden is not to injure this child that's below you. Right, and um, it, it is. One could even say that it's probable that I would drop the plates. So, it's a very high burden. It's a high burden, and then on the so on the other side of the the less than sign, so mm-hmm. where the Pac Man is facing his open mouth. Yes, the probability that <laughs> You drop. <laughs> this is how I think of math. The probability that you drop this plate is fairly high. It's, it's pretty, but it depends on the case. If you are a professional juggler and right. you could do this in your if sleep, I've never dropped a plate in my life, then it's not very high. Right, but if you are doing this as you, if for I'm maybe learning the second to time, juggle, yes. I assure high. you that I cannot juggle. But something plates. that stays the same, regardless of what your experience yes. is, is what is the gravity of the injury that could happen? Right. If it falls on this child, whether or not you are like the high probability of you dropping it or not based on your experience, if it falls on this child, that child is like not going to be bueno. Right. So, it could be very bad. Right. So it's important to know that burden is alone on the left side of the equation. Right. Burden has to hold up to the probability of the accident happening times how bad it could be which is right. a lot on the so let's think about the right side of the equation it's in the, the prob- barge case right 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 so it's the probability so the likelihood of a barge breaking free is pretty high right? oh it you're is you're tugging every day i mean like shit happens to think about car accidents it's the same kind of idea right, okay, yeah? sure. like it's pretty high and not only that but when a barge breaks free all hell breaks loose you don't know what's gonna hit it could hit right like, so that bunch of, so those things together are fucking enormous right if those are bigger than the burden of you having the responsibility, then you're going to the slammer, buddy. That's not true. This is not criminal law. But you're going to be paying a lot of money. I see. So so what he's... your burden... What he's saying is... What he's saying is... It's not that hard for you to monitor the bar. Yes. And because it's not that hard for you, because the difficulty of you monitoring the barge relative to what could go wrong if you don't monitor the bar yes is so low you done fucked up that's right oh well, no, okay but, yes exactly yes exactly. i understand yeah so so it. burden does not equal duty right. this is a duty formula like the hand formula is the duty formula. right so burden though is an important aspect of duty. so for there to be a duty the burden, the burden has, has to, to be, be less, mm-hmm. has to be low relative to the probability times the harm that could be caused if something goes wrong. Right. That makes so much sense. It's actually brilliant. I know. I it's, know. It is actually it truly see, brilliant. See how we struggled with it at first and now we're like, oh my God, our eyes oh, are open. Wow, my mind is actually blown right now. Right. So, so he goes through this whole thing and he's like, especially in severe weather, this can break free. So maybe, I don't know. If because severe even weather, a layman but... can understand that. Right. Like, because basically weighing... what he's saying is, it's not that hard. Yeah. It's not that hard to pay a guy to be on a fucking boat. It's just not that hard. And you could have avoided it. Wow. That is actually so devilishly simple. Yeah. So that's how he decided. He's like, you know oh. what? This big question we've been having about duty and breach of duty. Literally, if it's not that hard and the consequences of you fucking up something that's not that hard are really big, then you got a fucking duty. Yeah. Yeah. That's literally he's what he's He's truly a learned hand. He is. He's quite, he, he is. went to Harvard. I mean, come on. Well, I, we don't want to go down that road. <laughs> 
Okay. I have a lot of opinions about that. So, compa- so he basically finishes up and he's like, compared with the relatively high risk of injury times the gravity of the injury, right. the burden on the Connors to p- take precaution is relatively low. Yes. Connors then is contributorily negligent. So that means that they, as defendants, actually had a hand in creating this whole thing. Okay. Um, for its failure to take safety precautions wow. by not having it in place. So here's the big lesson, though. Mm-hmm. The big lesson? Mm-hmm. Keep your bargey on the fucking barge. Yeah. Because, listen, if they had kept their bargey on the barge and he did everything that he could, but he doesn't have, you know, like, power control over the tugboats mm-hmm. and this still happened, you know, he probably would have swum to shore. Who knows? Maybe he would have drowned. would have been bad. They would have won. They wouldn't right. have been contributorily negligent. I hope that, you know, nobody died in this Ladies incident, and gentlemen but... and everyone listening to this podcast, keep your bargey on the fucking barge. That's right. That's right. So that's a hand formula. Wow. From United States versus Carol That Cohen. is so brilliant, actually. I, I really is. Even even drunk me can appreciate that. <laughs> it's really that's great. I, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's that. That's the end of season one. That's the end of season one. With a stroke of brilliance. Here's the thing, guys. Hand. Here's the thing. We obviously didn't do all of the semester one of law school cases. But guys, semester that one we was wanted so to do. hard. But I here, was so, so but, tired all the time. But here's the thing is we hope that this podcast will be around for a long time. And so at least we, three years. We will <laughs> we will be school. inviting guests onto our show. That's right. In the future. Is that a guest texting me? Yes, it's my father. <laughs> uh, <laughs> who also happens to be a lawyer. Yes. Yeah, so we will be inviting guests onto the show in the future and they will have the opportunity to present cases that they want to talk about. So we are not done with contracts. No. We're not done with torts. Mm-hmm. We are not done with civil procedure. I do love civil procedure. And or rhetoric. Yeah, we are not I feel done. Like I'm like pretty done. <laughs> We're not done with it. So just stay tuned for that in the future. That's it. That's it. This has been Drunk Law School. That's Megan. Hey. That's Daniel. Hey. <laughs> What's up? Um, I guess we're going to save the moment is then for the end. We will save that for the end. And you can find us at drunklawschool at gmail.com. Uh, Drunk Law School Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, Don't get it twisted like an orange in your drink. Yeah, and um, you can find us on Instagram at Drunk Law School. We will be posting the bar supplies kit that you could have if you want to make drinks like we do. We will be posting our drink recipes now and in the future on that page. Um, stay tuned there for all of our uh, boozy content and also legal content. I don't know what legal content we would post. I have, I have legal content. She has ideas about that, so that's good. Um, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, Google Play. Google Play. Please subscribe and leave a review. Um, it is always very helpful for us if you do that. Send us an email if you want to. And yeah, here is the moment of Zen for this <laughs> week. Megan, what, what should the moment of Zen be for later? When I'm... you want me to get out of my chair and do it? Yeah. Okay. When I'm, like, piloting around the chair on around the kitchen. And I just come up to the little roadblock right here. And I got to turn around. And I go back. And I got better at steering. You sure? I'm a very good driver. <laughs> yeah. I'm like Rain Man. Guys, don't drive drunk. I'm like Rain Man. <laughs> That was two nights ago. Yeah, that was a few (laughs) nights ago. Um, Bye, everyone. See you next class for Drunk Law School. Bye.